I'm Jordan Larson, and you're listening to the Ace Space Podcast. Huge, tremendous ball. Three serves, three aces. Larson with the cross-court kill there. Pretty much unstoppable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ace Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV, where every episode we catch up with a legend of the game. If you're joining us for the first time, then welcome, but you've missed out on a couple of episodes with this very special guest indeed. Joining myself and Matt Rogers once again is Jordan Larson. How are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, really well. Good to have you back. Uh, Matt. How, how was your week, Jordan? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, a little bit of golfing here and there. I can't complain. Life is good. Can you stop rubbing it in that you're allowed to play golf, please? Because... <laughs> uh, I mean, so so I'm in London, you're still in California, Matt's in Cornwall. Are the golf courses open in Cornwall, Matt? Officially, no. At least your beaches are open, huh? Are your beaches yeah. open? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, technically, I think as long as you're exercising, it's fine. Have you been to Cornwall, Jordan? I, I have not, no. Uh-uh. Matt Rogers loves Cornwall more than anybody loves any part of the world. <laughs> it's the promised land, Dave. <laughs> No, it's the same with everywhere. Where you grow up, it's always special. Matt commutes from Cornwall to Luxembourg for work. I heard about that, yeah. Oh. Absolutely incredible. Uh, anyway, let's As, as positives, on. my Netflix to watch list is empty. Is it? What's yeah. good? I'm looking for a new... I'm watching Community at the moment. It's amazing. Oh, I'm watching Last Dance at the moment. You must be watching that as well. Yes, it's fantastic. Oh. I've, uh, I've not, this is uh, good, actually, because we're talking about stuff off the court. Yeah, we are. We are. I need to get on Last Dance, don't I? That was what <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah, I was talking about this the other day. That was when I fell in love with basketball. I'm not in it. I'm not in love with it anymore. But that like Ron, uh, Ron Harper, Tony Kukoc, Luke Longley, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan Bulls team was just. Are you a bit young to remember that one, Jordan? Oh, uh, no, I, I grew up like idolizing Michael Jordan. And obviously, like Scottie Pippen was like right there. And obviously learning about his role in the team and yeah it's I don't know it's so crazy to like take yourself back to that I remember writing a letter to Michael Jordan I like sent a card to and or you know like a uh, a player card or whatever those are called and like can you please sign it you know (laughs) and I got like sent back like sorry we don't sign like these kind of cards they have to be a certain yeah I know so heartbreaking but um yeah, I do remember sending that in. Because, <laughs> of course, you played, oh, didn't you? Average of 14.8 <laughs> in the 2003-04 season. I remember it well. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> What's the strangest thing that you've had to sign? Oh, goodness. Oh, I think I was in a bar one time and some guy was like, sign my test. <laughs> uh, and, and, so did, I, and did you? I did. I did, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you can't, you know, if that's his, his dream, you can't deny the dream, you know? So that's, yeah, made his dreams come true that day. Well, this, this is good because we're, we're trying to learn more about the person behind the player and, we've, and we now picture Jordan in a bar signing a guy's chest. That's a oh, Saturday yeah. night, is it? That's me, that's me and, uh, yeah. I love, I love the bar chat. Um, how did you um, celebrate after a game? Like, because I know, I suppose you play a lot of evening matches on a Saturday, but would you sort of go out to celebrate with teammates or is it all pretty low key? 
Yeah, I'm not really one to like go out and really party per se. I do like to go out and have like a really nice dinner with teammates and have a few drinks, but nothing like crazy. Um, don't get me wrong. There have been a couple moments in my life where it's been worth celebrating where it's a, you know, 4am, you know, kind of thing, but, uh, but nothing too, too extreme most of the time, but I, I do like to have a nice dinner with friends and go out. So one day we'll do an after dark podcast where we can find out about the 4am stories. Uh, but yeah, today we want to find out about uh, the person off the court. So what sticks out for you is something that you you really like to do outside of volleyball, other than golf, because... Yeah, oh, man, you're just a very, man, come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do. I just enjoy, like, any, like, other activity outside. I, I love playing games. I like to play cards. I like to go for walks with my dog and uh, just spending time with family and friends is what I really, just because we don't really get to do that. Right. So just that is, is just so nice. Does all that come from the fact you were born and brought up in a fairly rural area? Is that right? Your dad was a farmer. Yep. My dad was a farmer. Yep. What kind of animals? Uh, first he had pigs and then he now has cattle and I actually was in 4-H, which uh, yeah, I showed like a cow calf pair back in the day and, yeah, I kind of grew up trying to learn more of the agricultural side and I, it just wasn't my thing. My, my dad was such a saint. He, I just wasn't very passionate about it. So I'll be curious, like, who's going to take over the farm, uh, you know, next. But, um, yeah, I, I was more of a city girl and uh, enjoyed shopping, I guess, more so, <laughs> even though I don't really enjoy shopping. But just, yeah, like going out, going to movies and things. Farmers make great athletes, though. They, they just do. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I think just working on the farm, right, chores, like doing, you know, feeding the cows and doing those kind of things. And uh, I used to, uh, I don't know if, how much you know about farming, but uh, <laughs> oftentimes when the, <laughs> when the uh, corn and beans, you know, grow, and oftentimes beans, like my dad has a bean bar. So basically it's my dad's driving the tractor and we're sitting on the back, like it's me and my three cousins and there's chairs like in the rows. And so we're sitting on these chairs and there's um, uh, not fertilizer. It's like a, I can't think of what the word is now to kill all the, the weeds. So we're Pesticide. sitting. Huh? Pesticide. Yeah, there you go. See, you know a lot more than me. <laughs> uh, and so we're sitting on the back and we're basically like driving and like spraying the weeds as we're going. And so oftentimes we would spray our like cousin, like my cousin. I'm like, oh, whoops. And I'm like, ugh. You know, but that was like our work on the farm. It was like all day, like, you know, spraying, spraying the weeds. And I think just that work ethic, it probably carries over to, uh, to professional life as well. It says online you started volleyball at age eight. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was. And your first time. coaches were your mom and your dad? Yeah, my uh, yeah my my parents were my coaches. My dad was my junior high basketball coach. So yeah, it was very uh, and my dad played football in college, so he was very athletic. My mom played all the way through high school and still holds, I think, free throw percentage at my high school. You didn't look up that stat. She <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was like gnarly at free throws, so she. Yeah. Yeah, she still, I think, is on the leaderboard at my high school, so. If I'm right, I think you still hold a record there as well, don't you? I think I have quite a few there, actually, yeah. The one I remember was 501, was it? 501 points? 
Yeah, I don't remember. Jeez, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have to go back and look. So this was Logan View High School, yeah, in Hooper. Yeah, in Hooper, Nebraska. Yep, exactly. So small, small town. And then it was on to the University of Nebraska, yep. obviously a big volleyball place. Yep, exactly. Regularly sells out with 10,000 fans, which obviously amazes us over here. Um, and graduated with a degree in communication studies. So and that is evident with what we're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Excellent communication. Yep. Was it was it always Nebraska then? Because, you know, you've, you've spread your wings, you've traveled so far since. Was there any temptation to go somewhere else for college yeah so i was actually asked to do like a not ask i got asked to come be like a part of like a high performance camp so at a pretty young age uh i think i was like 14 maybe and i met one of the ucla assistant coaches there i don't know i really just had a great connection with her and i thought about going to ucla but obviously for me like it, nebraska was 45 minutes from my house i was like if i and they were really good and all these things i was like i would be stupid to not go and to think about my parents not being able to come to my games like was really hard for me and so it just was a very easy decision i think i'm right in saying uh, there was a celebration they retired your uniform is that right yeah yeah that must have been emotional oh my goodness yeah honestly <laughs> it didn't really hit me until like that day and i had I had a lot of great friends along the way, but it was there was two other seniors that uh, graduated with me, and they are lifelong friends of mine. And they both did a video together, and just like uh, bringing back so many memories. And I was just like, luckily, I got to see it before it was like that night. Otherwise, I would have been an, an emotional mess. And I was like sitting in my car watching this, and just like crying because I was like, all this come full circle, you know, and then right before I'm like ready to walk out, I, uh, our director of ops, which is like our, the lady that like takes control of planning of everything. She's just a phenomenal person. And I just lost it. Like I, I couldn't believe that like small town girl, like here I am now, my Jersey being retired. and like, what? Like, I just, it, I couldn't like, comprehend and I lost it and I just like fall into her arms and she's like half my size I'm like I'm so sorry <laughs> but um yeah it was really a cool event so at that point did you think that that might be the biggest thing that ever happens to you yeah absolutely yeah it was one of yeah absolutely. What, what year was this what year was it retired? oh goodness three years ago I think what is the earliest game point or, or trophy that you can remember in volleyball? Can you remember anything like back when you were 10, 11? Yeah, I remember when I was 12, we, I was part of, this was kind of when club volleyball, uh, like different club volleyball from like a youth standpoint, our club volleyball, uh, when it really kind of started getting going and it, especially in Nebraska, like it wasn't really super well known known and I remember being just so scared to go try out and I ended up making the team and then we had a really good team and we ended up winning our regional which was like unheard of which qualified us for nationals and I can remember we won a t-shirt and it was like the biggest thing right it was like 
oh my gosh, we get to go to nationals and we get to go outside the state of Nebraska, you know? It was like such a big deal. And uh, I just remember feeling like in awe of like, man, what is this life, you know? And I would just like go back to Hooper and like brag. I'm like, we won regionals and we're going to nationals. And like, people had no idea. They're just like, who is this girl talking about volleyball? <laughs> You know, it was obvious, obvious question. Do you still have the t-shirt? Oh goodness. I don't think so. Cause that would be a great photo that next to the world championship medal. <laughs> I should, I'm so sad. I didn't keep it. <laughs> was it always volleyball? Uh, it wasn't. No, I grew up playing soccer, uh, played softball. So I was pretty good at softball, basketball, I ran track. I was also in the band. Um, but I think, uh, what, if I what can... instruments? Hold, hold up. <laughs> yeah. If we could just put, just, just stop there. We can press the accelerator again in a minute, but what instrument in the band, please? So I grew up, my mom was actually really good at the piano. So I was taking lessons on the piano. So I did that. And then I started playing, um, the recorder. Obviously I think all of you guys did the recorder. And then when we got into real band, I started playing the trumpet and then I got braces. Yeah. <laughs> the piece was too small. So I had to go to, cause it was just too hard to play. So then I went to the baritone, which is like a step down from the, the trombone. No, step down from the, the tuba. So yeah, it was interesting. Trying to carry that thing in the marching band was tough. So do you still play? I don't know, unfortunately. Because I have a dream of an unscripted band. Yeah. Where we take Dave, because Dave is into music and then plays a variety of instruments. And then we've got we already got some players, haven't we, Dave? We're not gonna reveal, but there are some players out there that play music oh, instruments I'm so, incredibly. I'm so pleased that you said we're not gonna reveal because I really nearly blurted the names out there and you just <laughs> But so we've been we've been asking some of the people that we speak to to uh, send us a video of them doing a skill, and there was one pianist in particular. I was gobsmacked by how good he was. Oh, he was that narrows it down to like, yeah, that narrows to fifty percent of the volleyball playing professional <laughs> population. But either way, I was like, how how have you had time to get that good at a musical instrument and be a professional athlete? But but either way, you're all full of surprises. But I suppose that. There's kind of comparisons, isn't there? Because you need to have that sort of single-minded, driven nature. You need to commit time to it. You need to want to succeed. So I suppose being a good musician and then being a good athlete, they kind of two comparable things, particularly for a teenager where your mind's like a sponge. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think uh, if I have to say anything to anybody that's listening to this podcast, they're young like do other things, like don't specialize, especially in the States, we're having this problem. We're specializing too early and it's, people are burning out. And I think it's just really important to keep expanding, try new things, like get out there and do new things. And uh, you never know what you could have a passion for or fall in love with. So we have a couple of girls on the national team now that are also very musically inclined. And uh, I think it's, I'm, I'm envious. I'm like, why did I stop? you know, and, uh, but at the time volleyball, it just consumed me. And so, yeah. Name them. I want to know who they are and what they play. <laughs> yes. Are they willing to join a band? <laughs> Jordan Poulter. She's a new young, young setter on our okay. team. Liz guitar, I think. And she doesn't like to like brag about it, but I think she's pretty good. So anyway moving moving swiftly on so if we if we magicked up a trumpet now you wouldn't be able to give us a ditty 
Oh, definitely not. Sorry. Okay. Because if you turn around right now, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was plan B then? So plan A, I'm assuming, was GoPro, volleyball, make it my life. Yep. What was plan B? Uh, basketball. Take it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was pretty, I was, yeah, I was not bad at basketball. And I also liked it. Yeah, just as well. I just didn't spend as much time at it, right? Like I was playing volleyball and club volleyball and then youth national team, junior national team. So I just didn't have the time to go into it as for, as far. But I think if I probably did, I would be a professional athlete in basketball, I think. Wow, wow. Um, you said earlier about advice and, and people are specializing too early. Looking back now, what advice would you give your 15 year old self? That, what, what point did you choose? Let, that, yep, that's probably a better probably, way to start. 15? Yeah, probably it was good. Yeah, good age. Yeah. But what uh, advice would you give yourself? Yeah. Um, I think oftentimes I was, I don't know, I don't, haven't really ever talked about this, but um, like made fun of a lot. Um, I just wasn't the most popular kid. I mean, I was talented in what I did. And I think sometimes a lot of people found that intimidating. And so um, there were some hard times growing up uh, where I, didn't necessarily have a lot of friends and uh, people kind of frowned upon me or did those kind of things. And so I think, um, I think for me, just staying the course and like, just keep committing to it and it's all going to be okay. And you're going to look back and you'll be like, kind of almost laugh and be like, you made fun of me. And now like, kind of what, like here I am, you know, and like, this is the vision that I saw for myself. And, uh, like it all worked out. And so I think um, just trusting in that and it's all going to be okay. Um, but it, there was definitely some challenging times and, um, but yeah, it's all, it's all going to be great. <laughs> you think you need those challenging times. Do you think it's possible to be successful without them? Uh, I do think it is possible, but I do think that uh, if you didn't have any of those kind of things, um, I think it would be more of a challenge. So uh, I am as much as it pained me at the time. I think I'm forever grateful for that. And um, even for example, like I, uh, I think there was like a Gatorade like national players, like top fifty players, right? And I was always number two. Like I was never number one. And I think for me that was just always like a motivation. It was just always something in the back of my mind. Like people don't believe in me but I believe in myself and I know it sounds probably so selfish, but it's, I'm not even like that, but I just think that edge like just kept me going and kept me hungry. I think if maybe I was that number one, I would have settled and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Who was number one? Uh, Cynthia Barboza. She uh, was very good and went to Stanford, had a phenomenal career and was on the national team, um, but decided to, and her career just from an injury standpoint. Um, so, but yeah, always respected her as well. That's such a good question, Matt. Before you move on, I want to know what advice you'd give to your 15 year old self. Me, me. <laughs> I like it too. I, I Similar here. I, I believe that everything ever achieved was once considered impossible. Mm. And if, if you take it back to just walking or, or climbing a mountain at some point someone said it's impossible but it's not is it you just got to find ways to achieve it and it's a bit different for me because i effectively trained as a teacher that that's my background and i've never taught because london 2012 came along and someone said oh, i'd be too it'd be too difficult to get a job there 
And that person said that, and I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to get a job there. And that's then led to this and, and everything. So, yeah, I would say similar thing. Kind of don't listen to other people. <laughs> listen to what you want to do. Because it would have been far too easy for me to be a teacher. So, yeah. Dave, same question to you. Oh, all mine would be is don't drink that much Coca-Cola. <laughs> Look after your teeth and it will be all right. Like everything will be all right. I mean that. Um, yeah, what we same thing for me, but not Coca Cola, probably. Yeah, what we found out here is that you two are a lot deeper than me, which is. <laughs> um, but no, I think the uh, I, I think the underlying message is that you know we're we're all in our thirties now, and it's turned out okay. Um, so yeah, when when you're fifteen years of age and it is a bit crap, it'll be fine. Um, London 2012 was quite big for all three of us in different ways, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. How, how weird to think that we were all in the same place at the same time eight years ago. And I, I actually gave Jordan a towel at London 2012. <laughs> Did you? Mm. What? Yeah, no, she, she was trying to reach for it. And I, we had a position right behind the team bench and you were reaching for a towel. And I said, oh, here you go. And you went, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. There's a lot of players that wouldn't have said thanks. So... I really appreciate Good it. Good human being. Oh, also, yeah. Jordan, it was Matt who gave me the match ball. I showed Jordan my London 2012 match ball, and she was like, where did you get that? You weren't supposed to take those. I was like, oh, <laughs> I had my little inside. No, it's all part of legacy. My address. I mean, I would gladly accept one if you ever have another one. Yeah. <laughs> have you got, a like, a piece of memorabilia that isn't a medal that you kind of cherish? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, honestly, I've, I have some, right? Like world championship medal, those kind of things. Uh, I don't know. I have a couple, I kept a Jersey from every team that I've played for and I plan to show them in my house and I don't know, but ultimately for me, I just try to keep the memories close and, um, that's what means the most to me. I think, uh, obviously all these medals and things are awesome, but, um, those teams and those memories is what I hold dear to my heart. I want to go back to the kind of 15-year-old person. Okay. Yep. So you effectively took the decision, it's volleyball, that is plan A. We'll keep plan B just in case, yeah. let's say. And then you, you made some big decisions, Puerto Rico, Kazan. At what point through that whole process did you feel like you'd made it? When did you think, oh, wow, this is what I was after? This is no time for modesty here because you have objectively made it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I actually, you're not the first person to ask that question. I don't know if I have a proper answer. Um, and I, I still don't fully believe in my heart that I've made it. And I think that's what's kept me in it for so long. I know, I know, I know. You, you, <laughs> for sure, there's times I look back and like when I think about how I got to do all these things and I've got to be a part of these great teams. And yeah, you know, from the outside, it looks like it, but I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm even close to where I need to be. And um, I, I know I've had my faults through the years of, you know, we talk about me as a teammate, like I'm just so even keeled, but sometimes that gets misconstrued and people misunderstand me. And how can I be a better, like come across in a better way? You know, I'm always trying to redefine and like, how do I keep expanding? So I think, um, yeah, if I had to say like making my first Olympic team, like that was like, 
hey, I finally arrived, like I'm here. And then it's like, wait a minute, like, but I still want to do all these things. So I think for me that that was a moment where I was like, yeah, I'm here. Away from the court and away from the gym, is there anything that's happened sort of in your life that you didn't expect to, like you've got recognized in a particular part of the world or I don't know, you've got a, you've got a phone call off somebody you didn't expect or, or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I think, I think if I remember correctly, you guys probably know it better than me. Uh, I think when we won Champions League finals with Kazan, I was named best blocker. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And I remember after that, one of the blockers, middle blockers on our team, she's like, what, what is this? Like, you're an outsider, <laughs> like. You know, and I'm like, I I don't even know, you know, like I wasn't even, I thought it was best blocker or something that was not supposed to be an outside hitter. And that was, that came as a shock. I was like, what the heck? I don't even, you know, know. So. Definitely correct. The, the thing that always amazed me is your variety of awards. I know. Because you've received best receiver, best server, best blocker, best spiker, most valuable player. That's the full set, right? It, it's close. Mine is best setter. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, if they give that to a non-setter, that would be quite a statement, wouldn't it? Can you imagine the setters? Yeah, they'd be so mad. Yeah, no, I think, I don't, I don't know. I've always like prided myself in the ability to be not just good at one thing, but try to be good at a lot of skills. And um, yeah, I think that just goes to show like why that is. You see the array of things. And this is a game called Who Am I? And you get a number of clues from the person, well, the actual person, and you have to guess who they are based on the clues. Okay. Any questions? No. Is it, it I do have one question. Is it the person talking? Like, can I hear their voice or is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Hey, Jordan. Do you remember me or recognize my voice? I know exactly who it is. Go on then. Sarah Pabin. Oh, she's done oh. it already. Maybe we need to put it through like a Darth Vader voice distorter or something like that to begin with. <laughs> oh, you got it so quick. Let it play then. Let's let's hear the clues. Let's hear the clues. All right, perfect. Yeah, I've played with her for a really long time, so I can recognize Three years, you'll find out. Clue number two. <laughs> I have three <laughs> clues for you to try to figure out who I am. Clue number one is we played together for three years. Clue number two is we played together at the University of Nebraska. Man, these are too easy. <laughs> Clue three, and this is probably the big giveaway, is I am from Canada. I think you could have got it on all of those clues. I hope you got it right, but it's me, Sarah Pavin. Um, I just wanted to say that it has been such a joy and pleasure watching you over the past few years you have not only become an incredible role model for girls who play the sport that we love but for people who are volleyball enthusiasts in general so it's been so cool to see your success and follow you um, hopefully we will cross paths in tokyo at the olympics but until then i wish you all the best no, no, no. It, yeah that was really nice yeah very cool no. That was a really lovely message from Sarah there at the end. Uh, have you got anything you'd like to say back to her? Yeah, no. Uh, obviously, the same goes to her. Uh, she's had an incredible path. I know she 
always wanted to represent her country uh, in the Olympics and uh, she worked really hard to get there. And uh, yeah, it's been cool to watch her journey as well. And obviously like the university is doing something right, you know, like they're putting us in positions to have success post uh, college. So I think it shows something about that. And obviously, but uh, she has done great things as well. And her work ethic is should be celebrated as well. So really cool. Well done. And thank you, Sarah. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I feel, yeah, that brings back a lot of memories. So it's really cool. I like to, uh, maybe I'm an eternal optimist who looks through rose-colored specs, but wouldn't it be amazing if uh, you do end up catching up at the Olympics and somewhere in a, in a room in the university in Nebraska somewhere, you've got like the current team and all the coaches watching you guys succeed there. That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? For sure, for sure. No, that would be amazing. So really cool. Yeah, I do hope we cross paths. Good. And thank you, Sarah, for, for obviously providing that. Yeah. I think yeah. I think she'll be disappointed that you called her clues way too easy. But. I know, I know. I bet she would have gotten me too. Like as soon as my voice, I feel like yeah, it's kind of a giveaway. Yeah, yeah. So so cool. next time, Matt, we're putting them through something that changes their voice, and the first clue is my blood type's so negative. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius, and my favorite auntie is called Mary. Those are the three clues. <laughs> How did you know For that sure. about Sarah, Dave? Right? That's incredible <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> so let's go back to the off the court, away from volleyball kind of thing. Have your hobbies and interests changed at all as you've as you've become a pro or maybe got older? Maybe there was something that you enjoyed in the past that you shouldn't do because it's maybe dangerous, risky, or, or I mean, golf is probably not, let's say, high risk. There's a lot of pro, pro athletes that do that. But is there anything that's changed in your hobbies and interests over time? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I've gone skiing and I wish I could go again because I really had a great time. I just, I'm fearful of what could happen and uh, try to avoid that. Um, but I do think that just in general, right? Like I would probably say as I was younger, I was going out more, you know, like having, you know, staying out to the wee hours in the morning for, you know, more often where now I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I'll have a drink and go to bed <laughs> at 9 p.m., you know, so it's uh, sleep has definitely taken uh, a higher priority, so. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I love a good sleep. Um, i tell you what you should do then a little bit later in your career is uh, take up snow volleyball because then you can still play a high level and get to ski <laughs> too. Honestly, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Get yourself on the snow. For sure, for sure. No, I look at those athletes, I'm like, man, I don't know how they don't fall. Like, it's crazy. Like, mm. it's very, very challenging and a good challenge. So who's to say what's what's next? Okay, so let's go again more off the court. Books, films, music, TV, what's, what's your main interest? What's your go-to to relax? Yeah, I, I've been trying to read more. Um, sometimes for me, just an audio book is better. Um, sometimes to sit down and read is really hard for me to stay focused. <laughs> Um, I also, I like to watch TV quite a bit. There's a couple series, um, Ozark. Have you guys watched that on Netflix? Yeah. I got three episodes into the first season. Should I get back into it? Yes, you okay. should. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So good. Um, also there's a couple new series on Hulu that I've really liked, like Little Fires Everywhere, I think just started and yeah, I, but sometimes I don't get too involved with TV. I've, I've been trying to really 
uh, branch out of myself. I'm not super talkative person. Like I'm very kind of reserved and just kind of quiet, but, um, uh, just trying to reach out to my teammates more and get to know them and, you know, what makes them tick and like how to make them the best players they can be and what can I do to help in that. And so really trying to expand that side of it and like leadership side of it. So, uh, that's kind of what my challenge has been as of late. We're doing a series of four podcasts here, Jordan, and you've just said that you're not particularly talkative. I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love to talk volleyball, right? Like this stuff fires me up. Like I love this stuff. Just I love it. And I but I know a lot of my teammates are not like that, right? Like they have all these things outside. And so when we talk about outside the court, like for me, like it there's no like they just so intertwine, right? Like I just, I love it and I love talking about it and I just, it fires me up and how do we keep solving the world's problems in volleyball? I I can just talk about it a lot. Do you watch volleyball? I do, yep. Yeah, who are your favorite players to watch? Let's go top man, top woman. Yeah, um, I like to watch a lot of men's volleyball. I think it's fascinating. Obviously like Leon uh, is just, physical and unreal and just some of the men top men's teams are just phenomenal to watch um but also top women i mean i like watching like turkey like battle it out for a ticket to tokyo was i mean unreal uh watching germany like do i mean i was just obviously getting to know louisa and like rooting for her just personally and how phenomenal they played in that qualifier was fantastic and um i just and obviously knowing people, right? Like, it's like, oh, well, she's my friend. Like, I can follow her. And like, I, I don't know, you want to see people succeed. And um, I, I love that side of it. Is there much that happens between players? Um, like in that situation, for example, did you message Louisa afterwards? I mean, do you get that when you come off the court and you just look at your phone? You're like, no, no, not right now. I'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I try to reach out when I can. And like, even Louisa, like, hey, like, you know, like bummer first set, but you guys got it or, you know, like you guys are still in it and um, whatever. I always try to be encouraging and reach out and uh, if I can or if I think about it. So, but I, I don't know, for me, I, I love it. Again, I love talking volleyball. So anybody that's got anything, uh, I think like when I talk about Maya Poyak and like how much respect I have for her, I think like I always encourage her feedback. Maya, what'd you see? What's going on? What's she just had such an eye for it and uh, continues to mentor me and help me. Um, so I appreciate that. Do you have um, young players asking you to, to mentor them, whether it's as directly as that or whether they just come and ask you for a little bit of advice and you stay in touch? Yeah, for sure. I do think that that, that does happen. Um, yeah. And I think it's good to ask those questions and I do see that quite a bit. So, Is, is there much team bonding in volleyball? Like in other sports, you, you hear about teams going off and spending time with the army or climbing a mountain maybe, but, you know, taking up challenges. Does that happen in volleyball? For sure. Yeah, we, we did a couple. We did one a couple of years ago that was really nice. We went out and kind of went in the woods and <laughs> did some of that stuff and get to know each other. I don't think it always has to happen. I think it is kind of crucial, um, but um, it does happen. I think it's just to what extent you want to involve and put the time in to do it. I have uh, something else. Oh, do you? Um, All right. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, so you, you've you said a few things throughout these podcasts about what you hope to do in the future, yep. potentially coaching, 
um, maybe now snow based on what you've just said. There's always <laughs> beach, um, media. I'm sure there's always opportunities in media. I want to know what you plan to do, your top three things that you plan to do when you've got more time. Maybe you've done some of them in lockdown, but three things away, not career options, but three things that you wish you could have done that you haven't been able to do. Oh, goodness. I would like to start a family. Does that count? I mean, I of course, do, yeah, yeah I, I would like to have a family. Um, I would say I would like to have a dog, but we just adopted a dog. And <laughs> uh, that has been as just an ultimate joy. And um, I would like to still travel. I oftentimes um when we go to these places right we see from the hotel to the gym and, and that's about it it's like oh there's big ben and we don't get to go <laughs> you know like i actually haven't been you know like i say that i've been there but i really haven't so um kind of going back to some of these places and reliving those experiences i think would be really cool and obviously doing it with family would be fantastic um and goodness three things i don't I don't know the other one. Um, I think just diving into other areas, um, like finding new ways to improve my home. Like how do I, uh, I don't know, decorate or do those kind of things or yeah, just to kind of explore the city that I'm living in. Right. Like I spend like four months out of the year here and like, what's fun here. I don't know. You know, like I only have a couple, couple months to do that. So, um, yeah. I hope that answers your question. It does. It does. Have a family and travel. Those don't always go well together, certainly with the younger <laughs> years, but I can speak from experience okay. there. Um, <laughs> um, okay, no, so three three fairly exciting things. Yeah. But um, with the Olympics being put back a year, potentially those things have also been shifted back a year. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So and what, was, what were your thoughts when, I mean, obviously it's kind of inevitable, um, when when they made that decision and that announcement, and, and in the end, it came quite quick. What were your kind of first thoughts and and the consequences then of that, from a playing point of view? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I was a little bit bummed. I think uh, ultimately, like I kind of had put myself in a position where twenty twenty was like gonna be like I felt good physically, like mentally, like it was just good prep. And but I think ultimately, I was just really happy it wasn't canceled. I think that would have been just ultimate bummer. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, like you said, all these life events that I had kind of planned are now just going to be pushed back a year. And it's okay. I, I think as a national team, like if I'm looking from a team standpoint, I think uh, we needed this time. And uh, I think we're going to really use it to our advantage to do that. And uh, I'm excited for that. If the stars align and you do get the gold medal and you complete the set, will you finally feel like you've made it? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Come on, there's only one answer to yeah, that question. Yeah, I think for sure. I think it would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, if if you do, we'll get you back on and re-ask the question, All right. and then go back and edit yeah. the FFC. All right, I'm gonna it's right now. What's it gonna feel like? <laughs> is is there anything? I mean, life off the court is. Um, let's say private is it starts as private but when you make that decision to be a pro athlete there's kind of an acceptance that you're going to lose some of that privacy have you ever had to battle in terms of yourself maybe about how much privacy you want to keep how much you want to offer how much you feel you're obliged to give um, in terms of media fans especially with social media these days um 
Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think there is a balance, but I don't know, I've always felt like my fans have been super, like, supportive in what I give them and how much I choose to give them. I don't ever feel like I have to do too much, but I always, I'm a pretty, like, relatively conservative person, so I try not to share, overshare, and, uh, but I, I do think it's cool. I know for me, as a young athlete, it can be really cool to see, hey, what's day in life? Like, what does she actually do every day? And um, I think, try to accommodate those that, that want to know more as well so but I do understand I feel like I'm such a small scale on some of these like bigger you know bigger players but um yeah I think it's it's cool what social media can do it, they're really it's a really big advantage for us but I also can see where it, it's taking a toll on our society as well so have you ever had any weird fans yeah there's been a <laughs> yeah but it's okay I mean it comes with the territory right and you just gotta embrace it so but there has been a couple yeah <laughs> um, yeah I mean I'm not going to ask you to to share any stories in particular but like like the first the first time it happened that must have been quite strange yeah yeah I remember it was in Japan there was one in Japan I won't go into too much detail of what it was but it was uh, a letter that looked a little scary and actually I was like a little bit scared kind of so I kind of sent wow. it to a friend that works in uh kind of those like investigation kind of things so I yeah I just you just want to be safe I mean I didn't think this thing mm. was going to hurt me or whatever but you just never know you want to have it documented in case so um but yeah it's it's been interesting <laughs> and can you remember um maybe one of the nicest things that uh, that a fan's ever ever done for you or surprised you with yeah oh man there's been a couple like uh, just some of these picture books I mean unbelievable like I had like a doll like made out of um like not a bobblehead but just like this doll that was like an image of me and oh man just unbelievable stuff that um it's it's crazy I'm just really thankful that they take the time and uh, want to do that so really cool yeah really cool really cool like yeah because because I suppose even though it's a even though it's a huge sport with with great players great athletes great fans it's still smaller than than some sports in terms of that sort of fan base but I think that makes the supporters who who really do follow the sport all the more special so so it's great to know that you've kind of got them on side and it's also nice for them to listen to this and know that you appreciate that as well. For sure, for sure. And I, I have a couple fans that have just been super loyal over the years and I try to be very like accommodating and, uh, you know, responding to them and try to be just overly like, um, yeah, thankful for that and express my gratitude as well. How do you, how do you think the, the general public view you? I mean, clearly they know you as a player. Social media then effectively forms the off-court opinion, doesn't it? Yep. Because other than interviews, that is the access you get. How do you think you're viewed, as not as the volleyball player, everyone could probably get a similar picture for that, but for the off-court bit, how would you say you're viewed? Yeah, that's a great question. I would hope to be in a positive light, but but who's to, who's to know? Or um, Again, I don't overshare, but I try to... Right now, it's a lot of dog spam, so I'm like sorry everybody I love my dog you know uh just wait till the kids you'll increase tenfold (laughs) I know so uh but I yeah I I would like to see it and hope that it's in good light 
Is there anything that you would like people to know that maybe you don't think they already do about you as a person? Because when I talked to Maya, the main thing she said to me was that it don't smile anywhere near enough. I know. Because you're such a lovely person. And I, watching you now, I, you're smiling all the time. <laughs> but maybe that doesn't come through in the kind of normal persona that, that comes across. Yeah, yeah. She, I just talked to her the other day and she's like, I was asking some advice and she's just like, smile more. And like I was like you're so right and she's not the first person that said that to me and 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 oftentimes I'm not even aware right like in my body like that's the image that's coming across but like I just don't like that's my dad's side of me I tell my dad I'm like dad like I've got your side like my dad is just very stoic and very serious and so I I really trying to like expand that and open up more and so um but I, I want that and I desire for that. I think part of it's just genetic and I can't like, can't run away too far, you know? It's potentially a strength if you go into coaching though, to have that mm. kind of... Yep, you're right. Because there's a thing they teach you in teaching is don't smile until the end of the first term. If you smile too early, yeah, maybe it's not the same with coaching, but certainly the persona thing could be a strength when it comes to coaching. Yeah, I, I I think there is a balance, and but my dad is a teacher too, so maybe that's how he learned it, and that's just how he was, because he's a teacher and a farmer, so he does both, and so, yeah, maybe that's where he's got it from as well. So no, I'm I'll use that and hopefully hold on to that as I go into coaching. You've both given away the tricks of the trade here, by the way. They'll never take you seriously again in the classroom, <laughs> Matt. You want to hope that this volleyball job thing sticks around. <laughs> The the other one lesson I always remember is they said when you get when you get a group that comes together the troublemakers always sit at the back on the left as you look. Now I've told you that if ever you go in a room and you're sat there you'll think am I am I the troublemaker? Yeah, oh yeah. For for a team meeting, Jordan, where would you have sat? Uh, I'm usually like second row, like right in the middle. Isn't that where everyone tries to be? Kind of in the middle, not at the front. Yeah, not if you sit in the front, you're a little weird. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then uh yeah you don't want to be too far in the back because then i can't see so then i work can't hear so yeah second row is a good place to be you know that's a good lesson for comedy shows as well never sit in the front row um are you vocal in those team meetings um yeah i think the more the older i've gotten the more i've be, kind of expanded into that and i think a lot of times people look to me like what's jordan gonna say and it's like oh man i don't want to talk right now i just don't want to say anything you know <laughs> so uh yeah oftentimes i do talk yeah. Right then, Jordan, we have your pleasure for four of these podcasts, and it's been absolutely lovely to chat. Who do you think would be a great guest on this show? You can pick more than one person, male or female. Oh, goodness. I would say, oh, Robin DeCroix is so funny. Have you guys watched her uh, Instagram? Also, her, if you had her and Kim Hill on at the same time, I guarantee you it would be just comedy show. <laughs> Hilarious. I would definitely tune in. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, goodness. Whenever I get asked these, I'm like, I can never. All these <laughs> names all of a sudden just like vanish. It's like, what? Um, that's why we prep you for some of the questions and not the others you see <laughs> um, I I think Maya uh, Adjanovic also I think she um, is very well spoken and um, yeah 
has a lot of of experience. Okay. Uh, does, does that end the episode, do you think, Matt? I think we're nearly done. Just one more to go, Jordan. Yes. Uh, do you have any uh, words to end episode three, Jordan? No, this was fantastic. Thanks again for having me back. And yeah, looking forward to more. It is lovely to have you. Matt, any words for the fans? No, just yeah, keep giving us ideas of who we should be, uh, we should be having on the podcast. Um, Jordan's given us a few names and uh, yeah, the usual things, subscribe, rate us. We want feedback. Uh, yeah. Best thing we can do yes. is give what people are after. So tell us. This is the Ace Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV. Thank you very much for listening. This was an episode with Jordan Larson. There are four in total and we cover pretty much everything. As Matt said, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about the podcast and suggest those guests. We love to hear from you. A reminder of the hashtag, which we should definitely do more throughout the episode so it really hits home. It is Let Volleyball Talk. So get in touch. I'll speak to you again soon. Goodbye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the A Space. This is me, Milena Rashic, and I will be co-hosting the podcast soon. So if you have anything you want to ask me or something you want us to chat about, please write to us on the A Space at cv.eu and we will see if we can make it happen. For now, stay safe and we will see each other on the other side.